Hey everyone, thanks for checking in to Casual Nonsense. I am your host, Mark. It'd be really great if you would follow the show on Spotify or Apple or whatever platform that you listen to podcasts on. You can also find us on all social medias and you can stay updated with all of our nonsense there too. Uh, we are also on the hunt for more guests for the show. So if you have a good story or something cool we can talk about, send me a note. On today's episode, I welcome Joe Matz. Joe is not just an entrepreneur, but he's in the business of helping other businesses. So listen in and find out some of his methods and some of the experiences that he shares with me on this episode. And what the heck does eat a frog mean? Well, tune in and then let me know your thoughts uh, on what you think. All right, everybody. Uh, I got Mr. Joe Matz with me today. You prefer Joe, Joey, Joseph? Joe. Joe works great. <laughs> Joe is good. Well, listen, man, welcome to Casual Nonsense. Happy to have you on the show today. Just a little background. Uh, I did a little a little stalking on some on some podcast matchmaking sites, uh, and I found you. So nothing in a in a psychotic way, but you know, I thought that you had some interesting background and some interesting uh, story to tell. So here we are. How's it going today on this fine rainy Friday in North Carolina? Yeah, Mark, it's going great. It's it's that time of year. You know, the grass loves it. And my I have at least one of my dogs enjoys it. When, when it's raining like that, but thank you for having me on the show. It is a pleasure to be here. Uh, what kind of dogs you have? I've got a well, they're rescue dogs. So we mostly okay. know what they are. One is mostly a Vizla, and what's a Vizla? A Vizla is a Hungarian dog, um, kind of like a Ridgeback, like a small Ridgeback. If you're familiar with those, so small, small, like uh, thirty pounds, twenty pounds, sixty. Oh, 60 that's pounds. not small. Gets, gets confused with um, with a boxer sometimes. She's got a lot of boxer type um, okay. qualities. Maybe she has some boxer DNA in her. All right. Um, the other dog we have is a. We, we thought she was going to be a forty five pound lab. She is a thirty pound kind of like a mini lab. Those are uh, labs are pretty. They're smart dogs, right? Like they're they're very trainable. Did you find, or are they are you not seeing that with this one? Um, very trainable. Our little one has a big personality. She was the runt of the litter, so she learned to fight for everything she <laughs> wanted when she was young, and she continues to do that today. Uh, we have uh, we have two huskies here. We uh, one of them we got just before COVID, and the other one became a COVID puppy because uh, the wife insisted that Max needed a little sister. <laughs> so now we have two huskies. Uh, I won't get into dogs too much because. They are what they are, as you know. <laughs> so yes, hats off to you for rescue dogs. I don't know if I could do that, but it's kind of kind of a, a mixed bag there. But you know, we we love them. They're part of the family. Good, good. That's good to hear. Speaking of family, you uh, married, seventeen kids. What are you What are you looking like? Yeah, not quite seventeen children. I've I've got two boys <laughs> from a, a previous marriage, and they live in Italy. Um, they are about thirty years old right now. Okay, living and working and in Bologna in Italy. Bologna. Okay. So you lived out there for a little while, right? I think I remember you saying you were doing some bike tours or something out there, right? Yeah, Mark, I was in Italy for nine years. Um, first time I was there was for five years. I was in Milan. And then I left Italy. I went to Brazil for nine years. And then I went back to Italy for another four years. Wow. So you speak, you must speak fluent Italian. I imagine that's one of the languages that you, that you crush, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm fluent in Italian and also Portuguese. I struggle with English, but you know, the, the other <laughs> Don't languages we all. I have down. 
<laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So it's not even your first you know, your first language at this point, right? <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, we uh again, I, I don't want to keep bringing up the wife, but she wants to travel, so she she's gonna be jealous when she has these places because you know we watched a lot of uh, uh what was that show we watched uh, Amazing Race where they travel everywhere. Oh yeah, uh, and that just fueled her travel juices, if you will, and you know especially when they go to like Switzerland or something, but. Anyways, I'm veering off the subjects here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so that's they they do a lot of adventure type travel on that show, don't they? Yeah, yeah, and it's cool challenges too. Like we, um, I don't want to say we're reality TV. Uh, I like the I like the the game show reality TVs uh, where they do exactly that, like Survivor and okay, uh, you know, so they they have to do challenges to get to the next level or the next you know phase or whatnot. And I always, I watch these shows because I'm like, could we do this? Like we put ourselves in those shoes. Be like, would I be able to decipher this code? And half the time I'm thinking probably not. It's fun to watch other people, you know, go through it. You know what I mean? So we thought about actually applying for that show, but you know, here we are. It didn't happen. So, <laughs> so it's fine. Uh, but that's, that's part of the imagination, right? Like, oh, if I was on it though, I would have won. Like, I'll never know, but I would trust me. You know, <laughs> so well. As long as you don't get on the show, you you can keep telling yourself that. Right? You, yeah, you can't prove me wrong. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah, so uh, you went to um, you went to college in New Hampshire, right? Which uh, which I, I I liked reading that because I'm from that area. Uh, so you went to Plymouth State. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's right. Plymouth State, Plymouth State now University. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice. I think it, was, it was a college when I went. So did your years up there turn you into like a Red Sox fan or Patriots fan? Not at all. Oh, nope. killing Nothing. me, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'll forgive you this time. I'll forgive you. We can't all be winners. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a, a diehard Giants fan. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know what? I got a good friend of mine, Tim, who uh, comes on this podcast and he actually – he takes it a step further because he's a Giants fan. He shows up to record with me with Giants jerseys. He really tries to push my buttons. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but he gets away with it because you know because he's a good a good dude. Anyway, so uh, so you have uh, you own you are the owner of is it Apex Able? Is my is that that's right? Yeah, Apex Able, Apexable. Either way, yeah. So what is what's that about? What do you what happens over there? So I came up with that name because um, Apex is like the the summit of a mountain, and I liken business to climbing a mountain, and especially um, considering the experience I had in climbing Mount Kilimanjaro a few years ago. Look at you, man! You're all adventures. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I can't get <laughs> We had this idea to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. It was kind of an, an inspiration, like many businesses are started with inspirations. We didn't even know if it was possible. We wanted to know, you know, what what's it going to take? Who's done this before? Can we actually do this? Because we're not mountain climbers. And is it possible? And who's going to help us? Where are we going to find? Who's going to help us know what to pack, what to put in our pack and our gear and, and all of that? And so when you're starting a business... You, you've got that inspiration and you want to know if it's possible. Can you do this business? Is this business going to fly? You do some research, just like we researched climbing the mountain. That's why Apexable came about as my business name is able to reach the apex of your business. Just like, you know, mountain climbers will reach the apex or the summit of the mountain. And during that journey, we didn't know what to do and, and how to get up the mountain. We didn't even know if we could climb the mountain. We're not mountain climbers. You know, I, I like to do some hiking, but that's far away from climbing 19,000 feet into the sky. This was your first like big climb? Yes. 
Wow. Yes, it, it was a nine-day trip, Mark. Um, seven days up and two days down. And <laughs> Is there a slide or something coming down? <laughs> I, I wish there was. That would have been really cool. No, we had to walk down. And it was interesting. Going up, we, we had a, a certain path, right? Uh, seven days we're doing a little bit of hiking sometimes you have to go down before you can go up you know sometimes you gotta you gotta retrace your steps <laughs> you forgot something yeah, along it's, the trail. it's not just one set of stairs going from the bottom to the top right, right. like you gotta exactly and there are pitfalls there are things to watch out for there's beautiful sights and views along the way sometimes it's cold sometimes it's hot we went from a rain store rainforest to a snow-capped mountain in seven days wow and um Coming down, we passed an area where they kept all the mountain uh, stretchers, you know, where you would carry people who got injured. <laughs> yeah. There were a ton of stretchers there with big wheels, like like mountain bike tire wheels on the stretchers because they're, they're made for going up and down the mountain. And we were, we were thinking it's a good thing we didn't go up this way and see all those stretchers. That would have been disheartening. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yep. <laughs> it, was com- it was coming down when we were basically at the end of the trip and um, we saw all those stretchers. Makes you feel good, though, knowing that, you know, you made it up there and there's some that didn't. So it's, you know, it's not for everybody. And that's to use your same analogy for business, right? Like a lot of businesses start, but not a lot of businesses continue or, you know, thrive in whatever their, their market is. Yeah. It, I mean, having a business and running your, your own business, it takes a lot of stick to itness. You've you just got to keep going. You, you've got to keep yeah. going, keep improving, find out what's working, improve on that, find out what's not working, get rid of it if that's appropriate and, and move on. And just like climbing a mountain, whereas we, we wanted someone who had been there before and, and the main guide had climbed Mount Kilimanjaro over 200 times. Wow. He's taken groups up the mountain. So we felt very confident that he could get us up the mountain if we just followed what he said. Yeah, you still got to do the work. Oh, yeah. He's laying the path out for you, you know, because that's kind of like if you wanted to start a business as a plumber, well, you go find a plumber and you do what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, cause like I said, that's the, that's the path. That's, he's got the playbook, uh, more or less set out there. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't know if a plumber is the same reference of coming to mountain, but <laughs> it's the yeah. first one that came to my mind. Yeah, Mark, it works. And it's, it's almost the same. I think with, with almost any business, what's working out there, what do people want? What are people doing? What's working? What's not working? And then, then you test it. I mean, when we were training for the mountain, we had a group of us, it was mostly family and, there was something really nice about being in a group that's going for the same goal. And every Sunday, we would post a picture of our hiking um, training that we did over the weekend. So you didn't want to arrive Sunday night and not have a picture of your training activities over the weekend. And that was the accountability. It was fun. It was good. It was like, oh, my God, I, I've got to go out. You know, it's it's Sunday. It's 12 noon. I haven't hiked all weekend. <laughs> I better go. So, you get, yeah, you got to get on it, right? Right. So was it more, uh, was training for that just finding smaller hills or, I don't want to say mountains, but, or is it just the physical hiking through the neighborhood with a 50-pound pack on and, you know, I don't know what other gear you'd have if you have the walking sticks or something like that. Like, just getting comfortable with that with that setup. Yeah, something I, like that. I mean, I've done a lot of hiking, and I I enjoy going out in the woods with my backpack and my hammock and a couple of days of food. But I've never really climbed the mountain, so training involved putting on the backpack and just walking. Um, you know, I I live here in Raleigh, North Carolina, so there are some hills, 
but not really mountains. <laughs> yeah, not mountains, right. right. We we did do a little bit into Virginia, a little bit in western North Carolina to get some of that hill practice in. But in the gym, I also use the Stairmaster, and that, that helps. Get those, get those quads. Yep. Oh, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> seven days, we were climbing uphill. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. So I, I look at that's a good – I love the mountain analogy too. So that's why I, I like how Apex fits into the name of that. You know, because you – when you're starting a, a business, uh, and I'll, my only really reference at this point will be starting a podcast, right? So I'm a few months into this podcast, and, you know, you look at – some successful podcasters, right? If you take something like, you know, Joe Rogan's and he's got, you know, years of experience in entertainment or whatever, and he's, you know, whatever, like whatever your goals are, let's just say he's it. Like for this example, sometimes you stand at the bottom of this hill or a mountain and you say, look, I'll never get up there. Like how, how am I going to get from nowhere to up there? And it's just, you know, one step at a time, right? You're one section. It took you nine days to get up there. It's that you cannot, Hey, in a half an hour, we'll be at the top. Like that's not challenging. Right. So, I think the reward for putting in all that work, the training that you talked about, climbing the mountain, just going through the elements, like that's, I can only imagine how rewarding that is. You know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it was really an amazing feeling. You know, it was, it was a year of preparation. It was seven days of hiking uphill. And when we got to the top, we stayed there for about 20 minutes. And then <laughs> I said, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's so cool. You know, what, your example of looking at someone who's who's successful and you look at someone like Joe Rogan or any of the hundreds of thousands of, of really popular podcasts out there, you might feel like you're looking up at the top of the mountain from the bottom of the mountain and you, you're not sure how to get up there. You, you'd like to get up there. But what you're looking at is these folks at the top of the mountain. You're not looking at them when they started their journey. And that's something we all need to keep in mind. Nobody really started at the top. They started, you know, in the rainforest, you know, they started yeah. at 5,000 feet or whatever it was, and they started their climb. And you have to remember, if you're starting your climb, you're not going to be like these folks who've been doing it for years. If you're starting a plumbing business, you're not going to have seven or eight trucks, you know, a team of 30 people tomorrow. You're going to start with yourself, with what you've got and what you can figure out how to get, depending on your current resources, and you start building. And you just start building. You think about those guys who have those huge businesses 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And they started, you know, maybe in their basement, maybe in the garage, maybe with a small truck. Uh, and that's, you know, I think that's the hardest part, too, is like you want to you see that success, like you said, and you want to like, how do I skip, you know, the middle pieces to get to that? And, I, and I, I'm guessing that's probably why a lot of businesses fail is because they not they're not planning to like, they don't want to put in all the work that's required. They just, they see other people and they're judging themselves based on what someone else has already done, but that's not really the, the right metric to, to measure it on. So, so let me ask you this, Joe. Uh, so you, you work with a lot of businesses, right? Is that, uh, is that part of the training that you give? Uh, I've listened to a handful of your podcast episodes, which we'll get into in a little bit. So I like how you have some of the guests on there that have, you know, they bring on their experiences and just, you know, it's really, what I find is it's a lot of little, it's a lot of little tips, right? So it's kind of like if you're going into, if I don't know if you go to church, right? I'm not really a church goer, but when you go into church and the, you know, the pastor or whatnot, they're giving the sermon, it speaks to different people in different ways. You know what I mean? So when I listen to experts, if you will, that come on and they say, Hey, what, uh, here's some ways to run through a business or like, like your mountain analogy, right? It's going to mean something to a plumber. It's going to mean something else to 
uh, you know, maybe an event planner. It's the same message, which is like, how can you apply that to yours? So it's getting in that mindset to say, here's my business. Here's the advice. How can I apply that advice to my business? And I think that's, I have to imagine that's probably one of the challenges of what you do when you. So in the podcast, or if I'm doing a group coaching or, or group webinar, a lot of what I talk about is, is very general and using analogies and stories. And, and you have to have to adapt that to your own personal situation. That's part of um, doing a podcast because I'm, I'm not actually talking directly with someone and getting their feedback and asking them questions. When, when it comes to that, and it's, I call the, that would be my private clients, where we get on the phone and we, we talk about their personal situation, then we can drill down and, and get specific about what's going on in their business, in their life, and how, how can we move the needle? You said that 10 times better than I did. <laughs> that's why you're the professional and I'm not. <laughs> uh, but that's cool. I appreciate that, man. So uh, this is the question I had for you uh, from the moment that I uh, first was, uh, we'll say, stalking you, but that's probably the wrong word. So what is a gapologist? Like, I'm still confused or curious, I should say, and what, like, what does that do? So gapologist simply is this. I help folks close the gap from where they are to where they want to be. That sounds so simple. That might be a knowledge gap. It might be a performance gap. It might be a a networking gap. It might be a a client acquisition gap. It might be sales conversations that aren't going so well. You know, we, we, we find out where that gap is. And we work on it. That, that again, that's how it gets into that personal one-on-one conversation. Whereas in a group, we can have general conversations. And sometimes we get very specific if someone's in the hot seat. Yep. And oftentimes, that one person in the hot seat, he's talking about things or she's talking about things that's relevant to the the onlookers, the participants, the flies on the wall, if you will. Okay, so gap, gapology, if you will. Same thing, kind of similar to what we've been saying is that it's going to be a little different for every person, depending upon every person's situation. You know, now that you explain it and you say it out loud, like it seems like it crystal clear. Okay. <laughs> <Right>? Like, <laughs> like I love it. No, I love it because you're right. It's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I try to, I try to surround myself with other, other people that are either doing a podcast or some other, I got some friends that are, uh, you know, in the entrepreneurial world or they're trying to experiment with things. So we have different conversations and, as you're saying it, as you're explaining what that is, I'm thinking of different things that I, conversations I've had with people and the different gaps they have. And, you know, I'm not an expert in pretty much anything. Right. So, so I'm not, I'm not the one to give them that advice at this point, but, but it's nice to talk through that, you know, and just, you kind of have those, like, I think we'd be surprised how much we're able to help each other trying to, trying to climb that mountain, if you will. Yeah. I, there's a lot of collaboration going on in, in the solopreneur world because we don't have all of the information that we need or all of the the application technique and skill and others do and there's a lot of collaboration uh, just getting on and talking with other entrepreneurs and talking about their journey talking about what they're going through there's so much that that can be learned i mean we've all got areas where we can improve I know when you talk about areas where we can improve, if you look, I have all my areas I can improve on. <laughs> no, that, like, I think recognizing your, recognizing that you can improve, I think is probably really the first step, right? Then you're willing to grow. You're willing to kind of break down and, and learn and get better. And again, I don't know this for sure, but I have to think that that is probably one of the reasons why some places fail 
is because they're not willing to kind of adapt or adjust what might not be working. And you said it at the top of the podcast, like, you know, if something's not working, maybe you got to cut that out if you can and kind of pivot to something different or a different approach to it. I like it. I like it. Right. And, you know, you, you remind me about the, the a mindset talk. So there's there's the fixed mindset. Uh, Carol, Carol Dwick, I think her name is similar to that. So they, she's talked about a fixed and an unfixed mindset. I forget the exact term, but a fixed mindset says, well, I'm not a mountain climber. I've never climbed a mountain. How could I possibly climb a mountain? I, I barely like walking. Whereas <laughs> someone who does not have that fixed mindset says, you know what? I've seen other people climb the mountains. I've watched some YouTube videos. There's there's the seven-year-old girl who climbed the mountain. There's the 80-year-old man who climbed the mountain. There's a guy who weighs 300 pounds. If they can do it, I can do it. That's not going to be easy. I'm going to have to struggle. You know, I'm not used to walking five miles a day. I, I can start. The open mindset says, if someone else can do this, if someone else has done it, I could probably learn how to do at least a part of it. Yeah. Whereas a fixed mindset says, nope, nope, never played tennis. Nope. How? Nope. Not even sure how to hold a racket. Nope. Can't do that. <laughs> you know, or whatever it might be. You mentioned uh, a little bit ago, uh, you used the term solopreneur. Uh, what is, what do you think the difference is between a solopreneur or an entrepreneur? So a solopreneur works by himself. He's got one business, doesn't have, um, doesn't have a large business. It could be a very profitable business. But it's basically a one-person business and maybe some VAs, maybe some assistants, some virtual assistants. Okay. And he's, he's, he's the producer, he's the marketer, he's, he's the head of the organization. That's, yep, he's everything. That's a solopreneur. Now, an entrepreneur is someone who has a business and is building that business. And I think of it this way. They're building the business to sell the business. So they want to begin in the beginning, they might be working as a solopreneur, but their idea is always to build the business so that it is a viable capital good that they can sell. So when's Google coming to buy you out? That's right. <laughs> to, to do that, they've got to yeah. basically work themselves out of a job. Gotcha. Otherwise, okay. they're selling a job, not a business. So it seems, it almost seems like a transition, right? Because I think I, I hear the term a little bit more these days. And I, I never really stopped to look at, I just figured someone made it up one day. And then the more I hear it, I'm like, uh, you know, it's, again, it's, it's not really a play on words because it's telling you in the word what it is, but it's nice to get a different perspective on the, the go-between, if you will, because, right. you know, entrepreneur has been the word that everyone throws around. It's like, oh, you're starting a business, then you're an entrepreneur. But I like the, I like the detail there because you're right. I think that everyone who goes into a business, whether it's, you know, their own or whatnot, you know, you're. Of course, you're there to make money. You're like, what's the, you know, do you have an end game in mind of, are you going to do this till you retire? Are you going to sell it? Like, what's your, it's tough to say, right? I think you might go into it and say, I'm doing this because I love it. But do you have an exit strategy or do you even need one? Maybe not. I don't know. Right. And that that's a very good insight. Sometimes you need one. Sometimes you don't. You know, I, I talked with the guy one time and, and he sold, um, let's say he sold merchandise to, to large companies. And he did everything himself. He had the contacts, the people buy from him for years. He did everything himself and he wanted to sell his business. And I, I talked with him for a while and I found out what he really had was a job. And he wanted to sell his job because he was going out making all the visits. He was make, taking care of all the orders and all the payments and, and everything he was doing by himself. So really what he was doing was selling a job. And there are people who will buy that. 
There are people who want to buy jobs. But then you take someone who, who had a very similar business and he had a sales team, small sales team. He had someone in the office who took care of the orders, who took care of the, the shipment and, and handled all of that. And his job was to build relationships. Perfect. Different kind of job, different kind of business, much more sellable, let's say. Yeah. Well, scalable too. I mean, you exactly. have a, a future plan there. So. Right. Right. Interesting. I like that. So tell me about your, tell me about your, tell me about your podcast. Uh, did you change the name of it at one point? I changed the name recently. Yes. And recently um, okay. it might be a little confusing out there because you'll still see this, the old name around, but yep. the current name, which is a better reflection of, of what the podcast is about. It's entrepreneur journeys. Yes. So I okay. talk with folks who are on their journey. And, and they're on their entrepreneur journey. They may have a small business. They may have a, an office with 10 or 20 people, small businesses. And we talk about how they started, why they started, the challenges they faced along the way, and how they overcame those challenges, all the way up to the point of kind of answering the question, what do you do now? How do you serve your clients now? You know, what I find interesting too is, I don't know how, when you have people on there that have been, say, running their business for, and I don't even have a length of time. Maybe it's a year, maybe it's 10 years or whatever. I'd be curious and you can maybe add this to your mix. I'm wondering like, do they keep the, do they keep the passion alive? Right. So when you first start out, I mean, you're, you're Johnny hustle, right? You're, you're doing everything. You're the guy in the first example there where you're, you're, you're shipping the trucks, you're making the sales, you're doing everything. Uh, and then that business could evolve to now you have a sales team, you have this, but does that still keep your fire? Does that keep your passion to keep going? And I'm just, I'm wondering, and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but that's why when I listen to podcasts that have that, I always try to listen to that to see like, what, what keeps them going? Like at what point does that, do you get to a point where you say, my goal was to start this business. I did it. And if you can't sell it, or if you can, you know, then that's the end game. What happens then? You know, what happens when you lose your fire? I don't know how often that happens or if you have any experience with that. It's a good question. And um, I'm, I think I will add that to my repertoire of, of questions <laughs> that I ask my guests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's hard to keep that passion alive. You know, and I have found what works for me is new projects. And new projects could be as simple as taking on a new client because I'm learning about them. I'm learning about their business and their goals and their objectives, their failures and their successes. And that just stimulates me. I love talking about small business. You know, you asked me about sports. I'm, I'm not much on sports. I mean, I love the sports that I participate in myself, but I'm not really good conversationalist when it comes to sports, but I'll talk business all day long. Yep. Well, it's such a wide variety. It's such a wide subject to go on because I, I mean, I drive my family crazy right now because there's, in addition to this podcast, there's a lot of little things that I'm trying to do or I'm, I'm looking into, you know, it's like nothing we'll just call them irons in the fire for now. Right. So they're just, you know, they're warming up a little bit. I'm trying, I'm, I'm researching different avenues and trying to see what could happen. Sometimes I'll try to have a conversation with like, say my wife and she'll listen for a little bit. She, she, she's a good supporter, but then after a little bit, you know, she's like, you know, can I get back to my book, you know, or, or something like that. Right. So that's why I try to surround myself with others and, and try to diversify my conversations with what I can. So you have uh, on your, on the website, you have uh, some classes people can can sign up for, uh, for like some video trainings. Yeah, so I, I've got a number of courses online. Uh, I've got one that is just about creating your signature program, and it's about taking your knowledge, experience, and expertise. I like to call the keys. They're the keys to your success, knowledge, experience, yes. and expertise. 
and creating a unique signature program out of that that is yours. The theory is this. You've overcome some challenges. You've been through some things. Probably out of the 7 or 8 billion people in the world today, there are a number of those folks who are just beginning on that same journey, and they're facing those same challenges. And they'll happily pay money for you to save them time and effort and energy and help them along their path. So if you've done anything, basically, I mean, you'd be surprised what kind of courses are out there. There's, there's anything from, from catching and collecting butterflies to climbing mountains to getting in shape to, to building a, an online marketing business. Everything out there because people have experience, knowledge, and expertise that they're willing to share, mostly for a price. Right. So, so I've put together some courses based on, on some of my experience. And uh, so the signature program is one. Podcast guesting success is another. It's basically a, a mini course on how to be a great podcast guest and, and get on podcast, the right podcast, and integrate podcast guesting into your marketing mix. I was actually just reading that PDF uh, earlier today. Um, so I saw you had a, an option to, and I don't know if that's the full version or if that's the, the tidbit to, to get you going with that. Uh, so right off the bat, I had high expectations from you. So Yeah. So I, I've got a free PDF. It's, it's about a 14-page PDF that goes through some things. About, and that'll get you started. And for many people, they'll, they'll just take that and, and go with it. Um, if you want a little more and some personal attention, I've, I've got a course. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So what, what I find when I read those things is it keeps me, it keeps me in the right frame of mind, right? So if you're, you know, I mean, I work a, a full-time job, right? So that, that's got my attention. But then when I have a break and I'm like, oh, what's, I can't wait to get home so I could focus on like my passion, what I want to do. And sometimes I'll, I'll come home, I'll sit in front of the computer and I'll say, well, now what? Right. So when I have like a, a book or a PDF or some particular like blogs that I'll read, it kickstarts that engine. And then usually I'm, I'm running down a rabbit hole of, of ideas again and like, hey, how can I incorporate some of these messages into like what I need to do every day? How do I fill those gaps? Right. Exactly. And you did mention, you know, you, you get a fire analogy, having irons in the fire. Well, a fire needs to be stoked. A fire needs to be at, to add wood to. And your enthusiasm is the same way. You've got to add fire and excitement to build that enthusiasm and keep it going. And sometimes it's listening to a podcast. Sometimes it's reading a book. It's getting ideas. It's writing things down. It's researching. I mean, whatever floats your boat kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I love listening to other success stories because I think, like you said, it's that, um, like the, the unfixed mindset of that, you know, whatever term we're using with where you hear that and you say, Oh, you know what? Uh, that's something that if this person can do it, like, why not me? Like, why can't I do that? And then what do I got to do to get ready for that? Right. It's, and now I remember it's the growth mindset. So it's the fixed mindset versus the growth mindset. Okay. I'm writing that down. What that does for you is it, it speaks for itself, right? You, you, we're always trying to grow. Which throughout my, yeah, I, I like it. I like everything about that. You know, and sometimes we, we see what people are doing, but we need to know what they're thinking too. And Anthony Robbins jumped into this way back in the 80s where he said, you, you not only have to see what they're doing, but what they're thinking. What is their thinking process? What is their feeling process when they're doing this? Um, because you can copy what you see, but what you don't see is what's going on inside. And he goes, he goes through a very long, long thing, you know, Awaken the Giant Within, one, one of the books that made a big impression on me. Well, he was one of the first, I mean, I think he's still doing it, right? One of the first motivational speakers, at least the most famous one that I knew about. You I, know what I, I mean? I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. 
So I, I think a lot of people, and and this actually goes to everything we were just talking about, because here's the guy that, uh, let's just let's just say for the sake of the argument here, that he's the breakthrough, right? He's the one that broke the mold, and he was doing it. If you look at, was it 20 years later, you know, I mean, you can't walk through Barnes & Noble without a, a motivational book or a business book or something, or, you know, everyone has their own spinoff, pretty much, of maybe what this guy was talking about 20 years ago. You know, I mean, it changes with the times, but- uh, a lot of the things these guys say, I mean, they're saying the same things. They're just saying it in a different way or giving different analogies, things like that. Exactly. Exactly, Mark. You know, I did a lot of public speaking in the 90s. I was I was very fortunate. I got to travel all over Brazil speaking at seminars and conventions. In Portuguese or English? In well, Eventually in Portuguese. In the beginning, <laughs> it, it was translated into Portuguese. I spoke English. Okay. But I did that for years. And then I, I gave it up. I, I said, you know, everybody knows this stuff already. I'm just saying the same thing to different audiences. Everybody knows this already. After 20, more than 20 years, I see people saying, this is the new thing. And I'm like, not really. Uh, it might be packaged <laughs> new. You might use different words to explain it. But these were things I was speaking about in the 90s. Right, right. And, and, and that's one of those things, too, where if you're going out night after night, I mean, on one hand, you know, sure, like, I'll, I'll take I'll take your paycheck for having me come out here and talk to your group or whatever. At what point do you lose your fire in your passion? And I think eventually if if you lost it, that comes out. Like if you're if you're super excited about what you're saying, you know, you can't hide that. You know, anyone in the audience listening or whatever, they're going to see that in your body language and your emotions. And if you come out there and you're just, you know, spitting out some drudgery that you're like, yeah, so this is how you do it, guys. Keep it up. You know, it's not really motivational anymore. You right. know what I mean? So so it sounds like maybe you got out at the right time or at least when you felt that that switch coming. So good for you. Yeah, there, it was a it, it was a switch. You know, I got I got tired of it. I got tired of all the traveling and I felt like, you know, it, everybody knows this stuff. And then I I also moved back to Italy. So that kind of changed things also. <laughs> So do you have any books out there, like besides what's on your site? I know we talked about the podcast guesting PDF, but have you written any books or you published it all on Amazon I've or anything? I've contributed to some books that are out there um, where I had a chapter in the book or so, but I am working on a book about podcast guesting success. Perfect. So that course is, you know, I, I did the course. I, I got the course out there and it is going to become a book. And you can... Um, and I don't know how to do it, but I know this, you can self-publish it now too. I think right through, if you choose to put it right on like Kindle or Amazon or something, I'm not sure of those steps, but. Right. No, it, it's a pretty easy process, but it, you know, you get on there and you, you follow the steps. That's all in it. If you need someone to help you format the book and get the writing down, there's, there's all kinds of help on Upwork or Fiverr or wherever that might be for. Oh yeah. Get some professionals. You might have the idea. And you just need to hire somebody to to help you write it, or you could write the basic and hi hire someone to refine it and make it look good. And, you know, there's there's all kinds of help out there. What you could do, uh, you have the advantage of having a podcast, so you find a guest that is a expert book publisher, and then you pick their brain, and then you win twice because you get a good show out of it. But then you're also taking that advice, and you to turn around and publish your book. So there you go. Yeah, and I, I have been guilty of um, having guests on my show that were expertise in a topic that I needed to learn more about. Well, I'm doing it right now because uh, I'm trying to become more of a of a podcast guest as I grow. Guiltiest charge right here. So like I said, I have your PDF that I'm looking through. You know, I'm hoping to be 
you know, it's a, it's a skill. Like you said, I mean, you're, you're working on a couple of keys on how you can do things and I'm trying to find my groove. So it's more stroking of the fire, if you will. Right. 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 And one, so one of the things I'm most excited about now, creating a community of like-minded individuals, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs who are, believe in collaboration, who believe in getting together and just shoot, shooting the, you could say shooting the shit. We'll yeah, say it. that's right. That's right. Because <laughs> sometimes you get together and you're you're talking about things that are very specific, and uh, sometimes you get together and you talk about things that aren't very specific, but you have a key takeaway from that conversation. So I'm I'm in the process of putting together a community. It's going to be what they call a freemium, right? So there there's free there's a free part of the community. You can join for free, and then there are some premium aspects to the community. Of course, that's the structure, right? I mean, you have a tiered level everything. Exactly. You know what I mean? But that's the world we live in these days. Like we talk about adjustments from the nineties or whatever, everything now is everything's online. Everything's, you know, social media related and whatnot. So this is the structure. You're not, I'm all for that part of my research going through getting a podcast started. When you look at, you know, who's going to host your site or different Patreon type sites, you know, everything's tier structured, you know, it's like, Oh, you could do this much for free, but Oh, you want this many downloads or whatever. This is, it costs you this much. And then it, you know, it makes perfect sense because it's kind of like a pick your, pick your level. You know what I mean? Like, where do you want to be? And this is what you, this is where you can go. Right. And I, I, I like that very much. I mean, I, my podcast, I hosted on a site for free, allowed at the time, five hours of podcast. So you could do one podcast, five hours long, or 10 podcasts of a half hour each, if you wanted right. for free. But the show notes were limited. Right. You, you, you could only do so many words in your show notes. Right. And when you got above the five hours, you know, if things are still going good and you like it. You then you pay for the advanced membership. I see. But yep. I started for free, which I thought was great because then I can test it out. I can try it. I think it's a great model. Try before you buy. Try before you buy. Well, I'm, we're on. We're having this conversation through Riverside, and uh, I'm I'm on a plan like that. So I have so many hours per month that I can record remotely. Okay. So if I need to go over, I can always upgrade if I need to, you know, so for me, I record both remotely and locally. So I don't use Riverside every time. It's when I have to do the the remote sessions, but as I become more of a guest or I have more guests on, I, I will get to a point where I'll need to upgrade this. So, so same idea, you know, I don't need the, the gold package on day one, but right. it's nice to know it's available so you can move it up. So I like it. Yeah. I'm such a big fan of the dip your toe in the water philosophy <laughs> right no belly flopping first <laughs> check right. it out first not yeah. until you know the water's warm and, and you're comfortable with the platform try a couple of them right yep find out what what works best for you because there's many options out there and that's what you have to do when you're starting a business like you have to do the research you got to put in the work yeah. um and if you don't you know you, it's either going to cost you time or money or both or frustration so everything we're talking about i can 100 percent relate to what I did when I was trying to start a podcast, because you can, you can read an article or you could, if we didn't have a podcast, you could pull open your Apple phone or what, any phone, right? Record for a half an hour and upload it to, you know, Spotify. And then in 10 minutes you have a, you have a, a, a podcast that's live. Right. But, but what's the end game? What's the, what's the long path of this? Right. So I spent a few months, you know, researching different hosts or different, like, how do, how do I record? Do I want to use Zoom? Do I want to use Riverside? Like what else is out there? What are the microphones? Like there's so many little pieces that you don't realize until you dive into it. And when you talk to other people, so I had some, you know, some friends that have a podcast. So, you know, like-minded people, right? So I'm picking their brain a little bit. Hey, what'd you guys use? Okay. So I'll start with that. 
And then I'll say, well, what else is out there? What's, what's comparable? Maybe they didn't choose the best one. Maybe they just shortcutted it. I don't know. So you got to make those own choices. Absolutely. Research is, is part of the game. Yep. I like it. And, you know, and I think that leads to a higher reward, right? So when you're training for the, for the mountain climb, when you get to that top, like you made it to the top, you know, if you think back, you trained for a year, well, what if you only trained for six months or seven months? You might've been one of those people on the, the four wheeled stretchers on the side of the mountain up there, you know, maybe that extra training is what pushed you over and you'll never know it because you succeeded. We were going to do this one time. It, it's expensive. It's a long trip. It's, it's a long airplane ride. We're going to do this one time. We're going to do it right. So there are a number of different paths up the mountain. We took the longest Okay. Because it was the black also diamond, the easiest. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that the long was the easy one? The long one was the easy one, except for the number of days. Uh, okay. but there was there was a guy we were with. He was on he was at the same hotel and he was starting his trip. And he was a sing, one guy and he had one Sherpa going with him, one guide going with him, and he was doing the two and a half day up. He didn't make it. It's it's it was too much. It was too fast. The The acclimation to the different altitudes is really tough in two and a half days. You don't have time to acclimate. So you're short of breath. You, you might suffer um, altitude sickness. Whereas we took the longer path, knowing that it would be easier. We just needed that persistence to, to wake up the next morning, put on our pack and get walking. How do you, how do you train for the altitude changes? So it's very interesting. We got there, we stayed at a hotel that was at 5,000 feet, and that helped. We, we went an extra day to acclimate ourselves. And then climbing up the mountain, you just go slow. You do small altitude gains every day. And one day, Mark, we, we did something very interesting. We got to camp early, and then we hiked up another 300 feet. And we sat there. We, you know, some people put rocks and build those rock towers on top of each other, you know, um, <laughs> or we just admire the scenery. That night I slept the best I ever slept because climbing that extra 300 feet, we acclimated to a higher altitude than where we slept. So you climbed up, hung out for a bit, and then what, then went back down to the camp? Then we went back down to the camp. Okay. Interestingly enough, I was talking with a client a couple, well, by now it was a couple years ago. He said he wants to do 10 telephone calls to clients a day. And it's really tough to get going. So I told him, well, do 20. Do 20 calls for two weeks. It's going to be a push. It's going to be a stretch. You're going to have to give up other things. Do 20 calls. And then when you drop back down to 10, which is your goal, you'll feel like you're practically on vacation. <laughs> well, it's right. Uh, there was... Um... I'm guilty of not reading a lot of books. I'm more of a, probably like a blog or website reader, right? But I did read a book back in the day uh, and it was called Success is a Choice. And the, what I remember about it, it was written by, um, he was a basketball coach. He coached for the Celtics for a while, being from Boston. His name's escaping me right now. And I, I, the, it's right around the corner. I can't see the book with the title, but <laughs> it is. So some of the stories he would tell, he's like, when you would go in and you'd have these challenges, you know, you have three tasks to finish, We'll start with the hardest one first. You get like knock that one out, and that's kind of like what you're saying. Like if you're doing this, and then everything after that, like once you you've already done the hardest part, right. and everything else, like you said, vacation. It's an easy trip. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Yeah. You know, and that's but that's not the easy path, and that's what people think. Oh, I'll I'll do the easy one first. I'll I'll get the ball rolling, but then it's just not always the right move. Not always. No, and, and it depends on your personality too. 
Yep. Um, depends how how you work. A little bit depends on your philosophy of life and business. Yep. Not not all solutions are right for everyone, and that's why it's it's you get personal when when you come into private client situation or or with the small group coaching. But you reminded me of a book that I love. The title it's called Eat That Frog. Tell me about that book. You know what? I, I might have heard it from your podcast, actually. Now that I think of that, I'm going to let you tell the story. Go ahead. Maybe. Well, the story is very simple, very quick. Um, if you eat a frog the first thing in the morning, nothing worse is going to happen to you all day. <laughs> so true. So, it's so get true. rid of that task that is, that, that is not enjoyable, that might be tough. Get rid of that first. I love it. I love it. I, you know what? I might have to title this episode, Eat the Frog. So you might, you might, you might have just given it the title. I love it. I just wrote that down. That's fantastic, Joe. Uh, any um, any closing thoughts or anything? Um, plug your stuff here real quick. Here, uh, what's the, what's the website? Where can we find the podcast? Uh, where do people find you? Yeah, so so you could search Entrepreneur Journeys podcast. You could go to gapologist.com. That has that's a mini website. It's got links to everything at gapologist. Dot com. That's got links to my website, links to the courses, links to free downloads, links to the podcast. Everything's right there. Perfect. I'm going to put those links in the show notes for this show. So uh, we'll make it easy for people to find those uh, and check you out and the things that you offer. But otherwise, man, I really appreciate you taking the time today to come on. Like I said, I'm going to put the links in there so people can check out your show and the different guests that you bring on. Um, I think you have a lot of valuable information. I love your approach to, I mean, you got the experience that, that comes with it, right? You've been doing it for, for a long time. Yeah. Again, I appreciate you. Thanks sir. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Mark, thank you for having me on the show. I really enjoyed the conversation. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening today. All right. Stay casual.